Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana. I definitely appreciate you wherever you are in the world and whoever you are. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you learning from what I'm sharing. I would really appreciate it if you left a review, if you shared this on your social media, right? If, if there's ever episodes that, that touch you, I'd love it if you would share it you know, to your contacts and people that you know and, you know, help get the word out there. All right. So today we are right in the middle of a five-part series that I have titled Trigger Warning, right? We are dealing with the oh-so-common issue of being triggered by something, being upset or frustrated or getting reactive, uh, about things that happen in the world, things that people do, what they say, and how experiences take place in our lives. And, you know, whenever we're triggered, we are in a type of drama, right? We're upset. We feel twisted up inside. We might feel anything from anger to, you know, to just confusion and whatever it might be. And so the idea behind this series is to, you know, share with you some things that can help not make it worse, right? One of the things that happens when we get triggered by things is we often get reactive and do something that just makes it all worse. And so I'm trying to give some insight into what's happening underneath these triggers. Like, why are we being triggered? What's really happening when our buttons are being pushed so that we just have a clarity of understanding, which can lead to us not being so reactive, maybe handling things differently, not making things worse. Okay. Now, the whole premise of this thing has been that on the surface, people do things, circumstances unfold. Things happen, they come in, right? Things come in through our senses and they land on us and we have reaction to them, right? That that really is what's going on. The world's unfolding in front of us and it comes in through our senses, sight, sound, taste, touch, hearing, right? I mean, maybe I left one out. (laughs) Anyway, the world unfolds and it, and it, comes in through our senses and it registers in us. And very often it almost always, it causes some sort of reaction. Whether you see a little puppy or you hear something on CNN or Fox, whether it's a, a partner or potential partner that says something or a friend or a boss that doesn't say something or ignores you, right? Things happen They come in through our senses and we have reaction right there on the surface, 
We have body sensations. We have an emotion that just comes up. Our minds begin to become activated and start to talk about why are they doing that, trying to make sense out of it, trying to interpret what this means or what this doesn't mean, right? So this this is all this all happens without even you or I choosing it, right? When you walk down the street and see a little adorable little puppy, you don't choose your reaction, do you? I mean, it's just it's just like ah, like it. You can feel the sweetness of it immediately. You, you don't choose it. And there's there's just a reaction, okay? And that's an important thing to really recognize about the issues of being triggered. It's it's really if you pay attention closely you're not very often choosing your response and, and maybe you're never choosing it. I mean, someone says something, does something, and then before you know it, you're already triggered. You're already feeling it. You're all, the, your body reacts, right? Your emotions come, your, your mind starts yapping about it. And it's not like you had a moment where you decided, you know what? I'm going to have my stomach get in knots right now. And I am going to be really scared and angry about this. And now I'm going to start thinking all about what this means and what it could mean in the future. And what did I do? Right. If you pay close attention, you'll see that that stuff just starts happening. All that you do is that you notice it. But there's, there's this automatic response. And so if something's automatic, then there really isn't anything to worry about. It's not your fault. It's not anyone's fault. It's just an automatic response that happens in the body to external stimuli. Okay? Now, where the problem comes is what we do with all this energy that gets stirred up inside of us, right? It's, it's how we handle it. It's how we respond to this automated response in the body to external stimuli. That's where we can cause more drama or we can respond to it in ways that leads to learning and possible healthy solutions that can create more harmony and more understanding in our lives. And so that's what we're doing here. We're, we're talking about being triggered and all the mechanisms that go on with that. And so, like I said, on the, on the surface, we have this automated response. But when you dig a little deeper under the automated responses, you find maybe the real reasons that we get triggered. And that is because these external things are pushing buttons inside of us. These things come in through our senses and we are feeling them, right? They do register. But on a deeper level, what we begin to notice when you really look is that we get triggered because we're not getting what we want whether we're conscious of it or not in the moment. And again, that is a big part of what we're doing here, trying to become 
conscious of what's actually happening. Because once you know and you're conscious of why you're reacting like you are and what it is that you're wanting from a situation or a person that you're not getting and you begin to say, well, that's really why I'm upset is I'm wanting something here. Underneath what happened or what they said or the actual event, there's a deeper want that I'm not getting and that's really why it's bothering me, right? And when we understand that, then we can work with it because then we're, we're working with the root issue. We're not just putting a Band-Aid on something. We're not just putting lipstick on a pig. Right? We're not doing anything cosmetic you know, to handle a situation. We're getting at the real root cause. Like, why am I so triggered by this? Why does this upset me? Why am I wanting to react or retaliate or, you know, run away, right? I mean, these are our reactive things, right? We can get revenge. We can retaliate. We can run away, right? There's, you know, just depends on your own personality and sort of your own, um, your own uh, degree of whether you are an aggressive person or a passive person, right? Some of us are more aggressive and so we get triggered. We want to fight back. We want to engage. We want to retaliate. We want to argue. We, you know, other, others are more passive and when they get triggered, they get quiet or they go away, they disappear, they run away, right? But both are reactive and both have their problems, Okay, so we, we begin to notice that underneath the triggers, there's something that we're wanting that we're not getting. And those are five, the five things we're talking about in this series, what, it, what has been called the five core wants of every person's ego. And they are the wanting of security, right, to feel safe, to survive. There's the wanting of approval to be liked, loved, valued, appreciated. The one we're going to talk about today is the wanting to control, right? The wanting to be okay. The wanting to, to have everything be the way we would really like it to be so that we can feel at peace or we can feel safe or we can feel okay or we can feel like not scared. Right? So there's the wanting of security, approval, control. And then next week we'll talk about the wanting of oneness or connection to belong. And then the final week we'll talk about the the wanting to feel separate. Because sometimes, even though we all have a wanting to belong and be a part of and have connections in our lives, certainly some more than others, but we all, we're all social creatures to some degree. We all sometimes also have this wanting to be separate, to not want to be trapped, to not want responsibility, right? To not not want to be confined and to not, to just, sometimes we just need to be alone. We just need space, okay? So these are the five core wants of every person's ego. No matter who you are, where you are, what your background is, all five of these are true of every single human being. These are the things that we want. And there's really nothing wrong with them. They're just natural. The problem happens 
in how we go about getting what we want because we are trying to get what we want. You just have to look closely at your life or anybody else's life and you'll see no matter what anyone is doing, whether it's a career or a personal life, whether it's children, whether it's what you wear, whether it's why you work out, you know, underneath it all, when you dig really deep, you're going to find that you're trying to get one of these five wants through whatever it is you're doing. They are going to lead to getting one of these wants or these emotional needs met in your life. So the problem becomes, how do we do it? Not that we do it. That isn't the problem. It's just normal being a human. It's how. We go outside of ourselves and try to get these these wants met through people, places, things, circumstances, experiences, or we can source them from within. And I won't say too much about this because I've really talked a lot about it, that when you go outside of yourself, you're creating some sort of dependence, right? Your happiness, your inner serenity, you could say, is dependent on whether the things outside of you give you what you want. And that just puts you on a roller coaster because, you know, people are human. The world is always changing. It's unpredictable. And so if you're counting on something being there for you that's outside of you, you're going to get disappointed. You're going to be in drama. You're going to be all over the place. But the other option that not many people ever really explore or even know is possible is that we can source these wants from within ourselves. We can recognize that they are already there within us. We just have a type of amnesia about them. We don't know they're there. We have forgotten who we are. And so that really is the spiritual journey, is to discover who you are, to discover that everything that you want is already there and you can give it to yourself and you don't need to be dependent on people or circumstances to give it to you. So people and circumstances can be however they are and you can still be okay. You can still feel safe and secure and stable no matter what's happening around you. I believe in some of the Holocaust stuff, uh, was it Viktor Frankl? Um, I'm drawing a blank on one of the other people involved. You know, they wrote autobiographies of their experience in concentration camps and horrible situations. And you can read biographies and autobiographies of numerous people throughout history that have been in horrible circumstances and yet felt safe and yet felt a sense of security, even though by any outside standard, they were anything but, right? So there is a, a place within that we can find to be safe. We, there is a place within that we can find approval, whether or not we're getting it from people that we're dating or relating with or siblings or coworkers or bosses or children, that we can feel approval. We can feel liked, loved, valued, seen, appreciated, 
from within ourselves. So we can live a life where we feel whole and complete unto ourselves. And isn't that the issue? That when we get really honest, we don't feel whole and complete. We feel like we're lacking something. And that's why we want these things, because we think we're lacking them. But there is a way, there is a path to where we can grow in, uh, in the awareness of our wholeness and our already completeness. And the more that we begin to touch that, the less drama that we have in our lives. Because as I've said, drama happens when you are wanting or expecting something on the outside of you to give you what you want. And when you don't, when you don't get it, you're triggered. If you're wanting security and someone's doing something that's making you not feel safe, you're going to be triggered. If you're wanting approval to be liked, loved, seen, valued, and someone doesn't like, love, or see, or value you, you're going to get triggered. And today is a biggie. It's the wanting to control. Now, as I've said, one of the weird things about being on a true spiritual path is that you come face to face with some really ugly truths about yourself. You really do experience the dark night of the soul. And part of that is seeing what really goes on inside of you and seeing that, man, I'm a control freak. Man, I don't feel okay on the inside. And pretty much everything I'm doing is trying to arrange the furniture (laughs) to arrange things so that I can feel like I'm going to be okay and that I am okay. Do you notice that not okay feeling? And then do you notice how much of your life is trying to get people to be a certain way, to act in certain ways, show up in certain ways, treat you in certain ways? Do you notice how much you try to control your environment around you and your circumstances? How, do you notice how much you really wish that you were God? How much that, that you want to be God, meaning you get to control everything, you get to make everything be the way you want it? Like, you know, it, it happens pretty regularly for me where I'm watching something on TV, you know, and I start yelling at the television. <laughs> you know, it's strange. The TV has never talked back to me. But I, I seem to have a one-way conversation with my television. I don't know about you, but I do. And I see things and I get triggered. I get reactive to it. And sometimes I have a moment of awareness and I'll make, I'll make a, I'll say something funny like, You know, if I was God, the world wouldn't be the way it is. You know what I mean? Like, meaning there is a part of me that wants to be God, that wants to have absolute control. You can't do that. You can't believe that way. You can't act that way. This company can't believe this and do that. And that country can't behave this way. And you know what I mean? It's like, do you you sense 
Do you feel in your own self how much of a control freak you are? How much you really do want to be God? And how much you do try to be God as much as you can? For instance, when you criticize someone, what are you really doing? Isn't your criticism meant to change that person? And don't you agree that that is your wanting to control them? Isn't criticism an expression of wanting to control? Even if it's, quote, constructive criticism, don't you have an idea in your mind the way the world should be or the way people should be and that when you give constructive criticism or you try to change something, do you see that you're really trying to control? Now, the hard part about seeing it is because when we do this, and I do it and you do it, we are so convinced that we are right that we don't really think we're trying to control. Because we think the way we see the world or the way we believe the world should be is the right way. So, well, of course that they shouldn't do that. Of course they shouldn't believe that. They shouldn't act that way. The world, of course the world shouldn't be this way. So I'm not, I'm not being controlling. I'm just pointing out the way, you know, this is right. (laughs) But who died and made you God? Who died and said the way you think it should be is the right way? So, so you begin to, you, you, you just, part of your spiritual journey is this dark night of the soul where you begin to look and say, wow, I'm an approval addict. Wow. I'm like a scaredy cat. Like I'm really wanting to feel safe all the time. And man, I can be a control freak. Now we all know how it feels when someone tries to control us. Right? How does that work in your relationships when your parents try to control you? When your boss tries to control you? With your friends? How does it feel when a partner tries to control you? Control what you do, how you spend your money, where you go, who you talk to, what you wear, uh, all, all kinds of things, right? We all rebel at someone trying to control us, but maybe we don't always notice how much we do that to others. So when we are wanting to control, we sabotage our lives in any area that we could ever think of. It's the same when we're wanting security because we begin to do things to manipulate the world to feel safe. Same with the wanting of approval. We begin to manipulate the world to to get people to like us. We become fake or phony. Start playing a game because we need, we need people's approval. And then we come to control. And I think all of us can really see how much wanting to control everything around us will will sabotage our, our relationships. But think about also our own emotional health. Do you know what most anxiety really is? <laughs> I'm going to be too simplistic here. 
But a lot of us deal with anxiety, don't we? A lot of, a lot of people take anxiety medications. Panic attacks, anxiety. Isn't it just wanting to control? Isn't anxiety a type of fear? And isn't fear about the future? Isn't anxiety the underlying thought that I might not get what I want or I might get what I don't want? Doesn't anxiety come up when you recognize that you don't have control over almost anything? Because that's an important thing. I think sometimes we believe we're supposed to have control over everything. And then you live life and you find out you don't have control over 99.9% of what happens in your life. You don't. And then you begin to see that. And it makes you freak out about how vulnerable you feel. You don't have control over whether you're going to get in a car accident today, unless you just don't get into a car. Right? But you go out on the street, you get in a car, you drive. You don't have any control over whether that person has been drinking or is texting and they slam into you. Right? You, I'm not trying to depress you, <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to, to just point out the reality that we're, when we're wanting control, it will produce anxiety and depression and probably anger because God damn it, I can't control you, but I want to, and I want to control circumstances and I can't, right? So it's going to produce anger. It's going to produce anxiety. And then ultimately probably depression when you, when you recognize that I can't make the world the way I want it to be. I can't make people be the way I want it to be. I can't control whether people ghost me or not. I can't control whether they cheat on me or not. I can't control whether I have a job next month. I can't control whether my heart keeps beating. I mean, just this week, as I'm recording this podcast, LeBron James's famous basketball player, his healthy son of, I think, 20 years old, had cardiac arrest. He plays on the, the University of Southern California's basketball team. He's an elite athlete. He had cardiac arrest. Now, he survived. I think he's going to be okay. But tell me, do we have any control? <laughs> right? You don't make your heart beat. You don't digest your food. You don't control your liver, how it's filtering your blood. You're not dealing with your kidneys. And so you don't have any control over things inside of you. You're not even controlling your reactions to the outside world. Somebody says something and then boom, your stomach gets in knots. You feel scared, angry, triggered. Your mind starts racing. If anybody has even meditated for one minute, you know you can't even control your own thoughts. You can't even focus on your own breath and nothing else for 10 seconds. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Sit down quietly and see if you can pay attention to your breath coming in and out and not notice that your mind wanders. 
even if it's wandering like, oh, I, I, I'm doing it. See, right there is a thought. You're trying to pay attention to your breath and you're having the thought, am I doing it? Am I not doing it? Am I thinking right now? Am I thinking about my breath? That is being distracted. You're not paying attention to your breath. You're lost in your thoughts about paying attention to your breath. But not even that. You sit there for 10 seconds and your mind is going to wander. What am I doing later today? Or you'll rehash a conversation with someone in your head. You'll catch yourself. Where did I go? So you don't have control over anything. Not on the inside of you. Definitely not on the outside of you. Like I was talking to a client recently uh, about this very issue. And I remembered something that Michael Singer one time said. He, he's like, I know there's a big debate about creation, about what or who created the life that's right in front of us. Some people believe there's a God and God created the universe and God created everything. And then what's, what's unfolding right in front of you is something that God has made. Okay. Then you talk to other people, scientists, and they'll say, well, no, what's unfolding right in front of you is based on all the the forces in the universe that, you know, that set it in motion, the physics, the chemistry, the biology, the psychology, everything from the big bang. Right. And so Michael Singer says, he says, frankly, I don't care who or what you think created it. I don't, if you think it's God, fine. If you think it's science, that's fine. All that matters is that you know that you didn't do it. (laughs) You didn't do this. You didn't create this. You didn't put these atoms and molecules in certain patterns and orders. You had nothing to do with this person standing in front of you and they're yelling at you. They're raging. They're this. They're ghosting you. All that is because of the way they were raised and their experiences and you weren't even around them at that time. You have nothing to do with the way that person's behaving, which is why you should never take anything personal. You should only take something personal if you've done it. But if somebody ghosts you and you're like, oh, what's wrong with me? What are you, what are you talking about? They ghosted you because that's the way they deal with their lives. And that's based upon all of their experiences and the way they've been raised and who they are. It's got nothing to do with you. Right? So, so Michael Singer is making this point that you don't have control over anything. Who cares if God did it or science did? Doesn't matter. Just recognize you didn't do it. Now, what that's, this is so powerful to begin to understand this because when you understand that you're not in control, you begin to understand why you would want to be because we want to be okay. Right? We, we want to survive. We want approval. We want connection. We want to feel separate. I want to control things so that I can be happy, so that I can have what I want. And then you're faced with, well, you, you don't have control over anything. So what happens, what can happen is you can just have anxiety. Oh my God, I mean, 
I have these needs. I have these wants. I want control, but but I can't control it. Oh my God, wh- things are going to happen that I don't like. Things are hap- going to happen where maybe I, maybe I won't be okay. If I can't control the way life unfolds and the way people behave and everything around me, then what if it doesn't go in the way I want or what if it goes in the way I don't want? And you can live in that anxiety. And this is why no one's happy. It's because when you live in that mindset, when your happiness is based upon things going the way you want them to and people being the way you want them to, and you can't control any of that, well, then you can never be consistently at peace or happy. Do you follow that? Most of us really do think that I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when things are the way I want them. I'll be happy when I find a partner and a partner is this way and our relationship is this way. I'll be happy when I have this job and it's this way. I'll be happy when I get what I want. Okay, great. How much of that do you have control over? Zero. Oh my God, you're fucked. Right? It's, <laughs> isn't that exactly what life is? Isn't that exactly how everybody's doing it? Everybody wants to be happy. And we define happiness by having things be the way we want it. Does anybody out there define happiness as something that's happening that they don't want? Right? I'm, I'm single. I don't want to be single. And I'm totally happy with that. Or I don't have any money. I'm broke. I'm living on a box on the street. That's, that's my definition of happiness. No, right? So we want to be happy. And for, for almost all of us, that means I'll be happy when I can get life, when I can arrange the furniture in this room the way I want it. If I can get it the way I want it, then I'm going to be happy. But then you see you have no control over any of that ultimately. And so we can live in this state of unhappiness, this state of not okayness, this state of inner unease, this state of inner turmoil to a degree. Or what Michael Singer calls this not okay feeling. So there's this wanting of control. And you can't get it. So what do we do? What do we do when we're triggered by the fact that we're wanting to control people, places, and things, and we can't? This is the question now. And this is not easy to describe. And this is certainly getting in the very deep end of the pool. But this is where trust or faith or letting go comes in. There is the reality that we can begin to experience in our very bones that everything that needs to be controlled is being controlled. Yes, I can't control it. 
I can't dictate what people do and how the universe unfolds and circumstances and I can't control the weather. I can't control the traffic. I can't control X, Y, or Z. But I can rest in the deep knowing. It's not a belief. It's not a head belief. I can rest in the deep knowing that everything that needs to be controlled is being controlled. This is not a God thing necessarily. You don't need to be a theist. You don't need to be religious. You can simply recognize the truth that everything's unfolding perfectly. That everything that needs to be controlled is. So when we sense this wanting to control come up in us, we're triggered and we're sensing, I want my children to be this way. I want to be treated a certain way. I want X, Y, or Z to be this or not be that. And we can feel ourselves clench on the inside. We can feel ourselves, you know, almost getting kind of an anger about wanting the world and people to be a certain way. We can let go. We can Like from making a fist, we can open our hand and we can let go of wanting to control. And we can shift into trusting that everything is unfolding the way it's supposed to. We can trust that we will learn lessons from what's unfolding. Even though I can't control these people or these circumstances, I can trust I'm going to learn something. I can trust that even though things might happen that I would not prefer, it's all okay. And I'm okay even though I can't control anything. That's the shift. The recognition that right now, In this moment, even though I can't control what's happening around me, if I take a breath, I can let go of wanting to control it in the first place. And I can rest in the okayness that's already here. I can source this sense of I'm okay from within myself. I don't need to wait until everything on the outside of me is exactly the way I need it to be to really feel at peace and okay. I don't need to wait until my love life is a certain way. I don't need to wait until a person treats me a certain way. I don't need to wait until my finances or my career or my kids are a certain way that I can let go of, of wanting to put my hands all over everything I can let go and rest in the awareness that I'm okay right now. Even though there's chaos around me, even though I can't control any of this, even though the future is unpredictable, I can take a breath and say right now, right now, right here, I'm okay. 
It's okay. They're doing what they're doing. Life is unfolding the way it's unfolding. Whether God brought this moment to the place it is, right? If you're if you're a Christian, you can say, this is the day the Lord has made. The Lord made this, this person in front of me, this situation, this circumstance. The Lord made this. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Or you could say science made this. Right? The atoms, the molecules, the from the Big Bang, everything's been evolutionarily unfolding and and right, everything's been happening for billions of years to make this moment the way it is. And but you just know I didn't do it, but but I'm okay. Science made it this way, God made it this way. I don't care who made it this way. It is what it is. I don't have any control over it. And I'm okay with that. I'm letting go of wanting to control that which I can't control. Now, do we need to say that if you can control something, go ahead. Of course. Do we need to say that you can interact with reality and move things in a direction that you feel would be of more value to yourself, to everyone? Of course. So what I'm talking about here is not being complacent and not ever taking action. I'm talking about the state of your inner body. I'm talking about your state of your, your kind of your soul in the midst of it. Are you in the anxiety and the angst of wanting to control everything and then trying to take action, which is going to make it worse? Or are you in this place of, I don't have any control over over anything and that's fine. And I'm okay right now. And I'm at peace right now. Everything that needs to be controlled is being controlled. It's all perfect. It's all okay. It's all unfolding the way God or science made it to be. And I'm surrendered to that. And then from that inner place of relaxation, what can I do to help the situation? What can I do to be of service? What would love want me to do in this moment? See, because... Now you're interacting with reality, not from the triggered place, but from the still place inside. And you will do something differently. (laughs) When we're triggered, whatever we do is going to make it worse. When we're letting go of wanting to control and resting in the awareness that everything that needs to be controlled is. It's all okay, and I'm okay. And you have that space inside of you. Then you ask yourself, is there anything that I can do or should do to raise this moment, to help, to be of service? And sometimes it'll be nothing. 
Other times, it, it, there will be something that you can do, but it won't cause more drama because you're not in drama. You're, you're not triggered and you're not acting from the trigger. You're acting from a place of peace, a place of acceptance, a place of surrender. And therefore, you're going to do something very different. So I think I've mentioned this before. I think this is chapter five of my book, uh, Relationship Bootcamp. I open the chapter. Um, in fact, let me, let me grab the book. Um, I want to read the exact quote from you because it's that good. Hold on a minute. I'm back. <laughs> uh, so chapter five in my book. Um, yeah. It's all about the mind and presence. And so in this discussion of control, what I was just talking about, about acting from trigger or, or really letting go of wanting to control everything that you can't anyway and resting in the, aware, in the awareness that you're okay and that everything's unfolding beautifully. And then if there's action to take from that place, you're going to produce fruit that's going to be beautiful. Okay? This is from the Tao Te Ching an ancient Chinese manuscript. And the person wrote this, said this, do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? Do you have the patience to wait until your mud settles and the water is clear? (laughs) Can you remain unmoving, I might add undoing, Till the right action arises by itself. What a beautiful quote. Do you have the patience to wait until your mud settles? That means, do you have the patience to wait until you're not triggered? Do you're not stirred up on the inside? Can you just remain unmoving? Don't do anything. Don't take action. Don't say anything. You know, don't. Don't, don't, just don't stay. Can you remain unmoving until the right action arises by itself, right? When you, when you find, when you let go of wanting to control and you find that there's a place inside of you that's okay, no matter what's happening on the outside of you, even though you know you can't control everything, You just rest in the awareness that everything that needs to be controlled is, and you have this breath. What you'll find is a right action. If there is an action, it it will just, it will just happen all by itself. You'll just feel moved to do something, to say something. You'll just. Right? It's not coming from your triggered mind. It's not coming from all the stirred up nonsense where you're trying to do something, say something, because you're trying to change everything so that you can feel at peace. See, that's just going to make a bigger mess. That verse is talking about if you can just wait and breathe through and let go of your trigger if there is something to be done, it will be as if it just arises by itself because you won't be needing to do anything because you're letting go of the wanting to control. 
If I don't want to control, then I won't, I won't be forcing myself. I won't be forcing an issue. I won't be critical. I won't be demanding. I won't be trying to change everybody. I won't be a pain in the ass. I won't be bossy. I won't be trying to overpower people and so forth. Okay? So that's the wanting to control. There is the recognition that you're triggered. There's the recognition that your wanting to control button has been pushed. Then there's the recognition, I I can't control everything. If I try, I'm going to make it worse and make myself all filled with anxiety and angst. Can I rest in the awareness that life is unfolding the way either God made it or science made it? And everything that needs to be controlled is being controlled. And can I really rest in the moment? Can I find the place inside of me that is already okay? Can I source my okayness from within me and not demand the world outside of me be a certain way so that I can feel okay? Can I find that I'm already okay no matter what's happening? Now, that's a tall order. I get it. And that's what I'm here for as a coach, to work with people on these things. The wanting of security, the wanting of approval, the wanting of control, and the two that will come in the next two weeks. So I encourage you and invite you to reach out to me for support on this, for more coaching, for more help, for more discussion, more understanding. I know these are huge topics that bring up all kinds of things. You might get get triggered listening to all this, which is okay. I'm here to support your growth around these things. And now we're going to end this podcast the way I have in the first two editions of this series, which is I want to play for you again, the same guided meditation by Jim Dethmer. He's doing a release on the wanting of security, approval, control. And maybe security wasn't your thing. Maybe you're not much of an approval addict and so you didn't listen to the guided meditation. But maybe you see your control freakness. Maybe there's something happening in your life right now that you're really wanting to control. And so maybe this guided meditation will really speak to you now. So, until next week, I bring you Jim Dethmer. Bye-bye. Commitment number 11 of the 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership is the commitment to source approval, control, and security from the inside. Approval, control, and security are the three great wants And when we think that they exist outside of ourselves and that we need to go get them from someone or something, it's a source of constant stress and suffering. So with commitment number 11, we make the choice to actually source these three great desires from the inside. Now, we learned about sourcing approval, control, and security from the inside from one of our great teachers, Hale Dwaskin, at the Sedona Method. If you've never gone there before, I highly recommend that you go to Sedona.com. 
and learn and practice the Sedona Method. From Hale, we learned the process called the Triple Welcoming. In order to practice the Triple Welcoming, it takes nothing more than for you to bring into consciousness an issue, problem, or concern currently occurring in your life. And then as you bring that into consciousness, we're simply going to ask three welcoming questions. Now, as I ask these questions, I'm simply asking in this now moment, as best as you can, could you welcome? Welcoming is simply allowing. It's letting what is be. Many of the great traditions have taught us that resistance is the cause of all suffering. And resistance comes in many forms. It's wanting to change something, yourself, another, or a circumstance. It's wanting things to be different than they are. So in the triple welcoming, we're going to practice just simply allowing what is to be. Actually welcoming it. Again, just do this as best you can in this now moment. So again, bring into your consciousness some issue, problem, or concern that's occurring in your life. And just go ahead and take the first one that occurs. And now we ask the first welcoming question. Can you welcome what is here now? So as you think about this issue, probably what comes to mind are pictures, sounds, sensations, thoughts, and memories. And that's perfectly okay. Can you just welcome all that as though it's a movie playing in your mind about this issue that brings up feelings and sensations and images and sounds? As best you can, could you just welcome all that? Just let it be here. And then second, could you welcome any wanting that comes up with all those pictures and sounds and sensations. Maybe it's the wanting of approval, to be liked, to be loved, to be cared for and valued. Maybe it's the wanting of control. You're wanting a person, a circumstance, a condition to be a certain way. You're wanting to control time or money or another person. Just welcome any wanting to control yourself, the other, or the situation. Maybe you're wanting security, safety, survival. And again, if that's what's coming up for you, just welcome the wanting. We're not pushing the wanting away. We're just simply welcoming any wanting that comes up around this issue. And then third... Could you welcome wanting to make all of this personal, as though it's about you or who you are? Now, of course, you're saying to yourself, it is personal. It is about me and who I am. But that's actually a belief. And so we're not asking you to not believe this is personal. We're just asking you, could you welcome wanting to make it personal. Just welcome that, that it seems so personal. 
And then could you, in this moment, rest as that which is beyond all wanting and beyond all need for anything to be personal? So now that you know the process, let's do it again. Allow it to come into consciousness something that's occurring in your life. It doesn't have to be negative or problematic. It could be experienced as positive. Just take the first thing that arises in consciousness. And first, could you welcome whatever is here, now? So as that issue comes into mind, welcome any pictures, images, sounds, sensations, feelings, or thoughts. Instead of resisting, just open and allow whatever's here to be here as this situation comes into consciousness. Again, do this as best you can. And second, could you welcome any wanting that comes up around this? Sometimes it's the wanting of approval or the wanting of control the wanting of security. And again, just welcome the wanting. And then could you welcome wanting to make this all so personal? Wanting to make it about you or who you are. And again, no need to change this or try to not make it personal. Just welcome the wanting to make it all so personal. And then in this moment, just in this moment, could you rest as that which is beyond all wanting, as that which in this now moment is whole, perfect, and complete, lacking nothing. And could you rest as that which is beyond the personal, as presence or beingness itself? Now one more time, just a shortened version. Ask yourself this question, what's here now? And could you welcome whatever is here now? And could you welcome any wanting of approval, control, or security? And could you welcome the wanting to make It all so personal about you or who you are. And in this moment, could you simply rest as that which is beyond all wanting, beyond all lack? And could you rest as that which is beyond personal? Could you rest in and as presence and beingness itself?
You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.